0: Hi, I'm Patrick Coleman.
1: And I'm Kitty Coleman.
0: And this is Diggin', Diggin Bones. Bones. something that um i haven't been doing that i should be doing at the start of the show is just explaining a little bit about what this podcast is about right so um we are a married couple who are writing who are writing a mystery book together and we're documenting that process on our uh Substack newsletter. Uh, called "How to Write a Mystery with Your Spouse." Yes, That's,
1: you guys should subscribe. You should subscribe. It's pretty awesome, to it. and
0: the reads are super short, so it's yeah. not
1: like you have to read a, a whole novel. No,
0: no. And we uh, we publish the newsletter three times a week. Yep. About uh, including this podcast, we uh, this podcast is a process of us watching through uh, the television show Bones um just uh, because uh, we find it inspirational as a mystery um it's entertaining and uh it allows us to think differently about our book yep and so that's what this is welcome uh this is uh, like as you said season 1 episode 4 said correctly <laughs> the man in the bear in the bear in the bear, the man in the bear, not mm-hmm. the man and the bear. Don't nope. get it twisted. This man is in the bear.
1: Well, part of him.
0: So let's, uh, we'll give you a quick overview of the episode. If you haven't watched it, we encourage you to watch it. Uh, but for those of you who haven't, we'll just sort of give you an idea of what's going on. Yep. So uh, it starts with Agent Booth who has received a photograph from the Washington, uh, United States, Washington, not Washington, DC state of Washington, uh, Bureau of Investigation has sent him a picture of an arm that has been found in a bear at a national park. Uh, Booth gives this photograph to, uh, Temperance Brennan, who looks at it and realizes that the bone, that this arm has been cut off, that the, the bear didn't merely just, you know, find a human and eat them. Uh, this arm was cut off first, and then the bear consumed the arm, um, which uh, prompts Booth to take her to a town in Washington State, where they go on to discover... That, in fact, uh, there is a missing person in the area. Um, they wonder if that is possibly her arm, but it turns out it's not. It is the arm of somebody who has been cut up and, it turns out, eaten. Ugh. We are fined, uh through the... Not uh, by
1: the bear, you guys. No, not
0: by the bear, by another human being. Because Ew. we discover uh, Zack Addy back at the Jeffersonian... Uh, has uh, found that there are bite marks on the arm bone. Yep, and they rule out ape because of some sort of curving. That's right. So it's not like a murder in the rue morgue uh, manic orangutan that right. has killed somebody. This is this is a human being, and thus starts the mystery. Um, they have dealings with a Dr. Andrew Rigby, who's the town's doctor. They have dealings with, uh, with a Native American, uh, forest ranger, uh, park ranger, and they, Sherman Rivers, is Sherman his name. Rivers, and, um, they have dealings with, uh, with a sheriff as well. Um, both Chris. With- Chris.
1: Yeah, I didn't uh, get his last name because they just, just called Chris. him
0: sheriff all the time. <laughs> uh, before they found it, find out uh, who the culprit is in a shocking ending twist, uh, where it turns out to be dun 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 the town doctor, Doctor Rigby, who has killed two people and mm-hmm. eaten them, and perhaps many more yep. previously.
1: Yep, perhaps.
0: So that's it in a nutshell. So let's get into it. Let's. So let's get into it, darling. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about like how horny this episode is. <laughs> oh,
1: oh yeah, yeah. Let's. For, <laughs> for lack,
0: for lack of a better word, there's two things. There's two I things I wish there was a better word. I wish word. there was a better word too. Yeah. But there's two things going on here. Uh, two two separate sort of plot lines running running through this episode. Right. One is happening at the Jeffersonian,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where Zach and uh, and our and his lab mate uh, Jack Hodgins, Hodgins mm-hmm. um are receiving packages from Washington uh and they're being delivered by a very attractive young lady. Named Tony. Named Tony, who they are both desperate to get a date with. Yep. And there's a lot of... Strange words they use zooming? to talk about it. They there's, call it
1: zooming? You know, there's more than zooming. What else do they call... Oh, torpedoed?
0: Torpedo. Was <laughs> this another
1: is, one that they this used? Is, this
0: is all slang to to talk about the way that they're intercepting each other to keep them from going on a date or attracting the interest mm-hmm. of this this lovely delivery person right. who keeps on coming into the Jefferson. Yeah, and I never used those words. Have you ever heard those? I have never heard of Zooming. I have never Zoomed anybody. I mean, I've Zoomed, like, you know, through Zoom, uh-huh. which is a video right, 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 right. conferencing System, But I've never, like, used it as a, like, oh, I zoomed in on him. Mm-hmm. Like, he was going to get her, then I zoomed in, and I was, like, there. Mm-hmm.
1: I have used Mac on my Mac uh-huh. before to scold a friend. Yep. You know who you are if you're listening. Um, <laughs> I said, hey, you're Mac on my Mac. And they stopped. So all you need, folks, is communication.
0: Right. I think there's, you know, that... I don't, the term, was the term cock blocking, like that was a term. Yeah, that was
1: around, but you can't,
0: but you I, can't mean, you say, can I mean, say you can say cock blocking you can't if you're say, a female. Like, but... Right. But, I mean, these guys are like, they can't use the word cock on national television. Oh, on
1: television, t- on t- Yeah, okay. Right.
0: So they must have used, they must have like, they must have been like, we have to come up with creative words for cock blocking. But well, that's and essentially it also
1: was the Zoom word was a really good choice because he does just kind of zoom right in there. That's right. Yeah. You know, Zach recognizes his name being called by the delivery person, looks uh-huh. up and Jack is already on his feet walking over. Like right. zoom. Yep. Yep. So it was, you know, a good choice by the writers.
0: Sure. Yeah, I guess I guess you could see. It. I'll I'll give him that. Yeah, I will give him that. Um but it's a very strange like this this like dick measuring that's going on between is Zach weird. and Hodgins. Like why? I don't Yeah, you
1: guys have different strengths. You don't need to exactly. be like
0: that. But you yeah. know, but it turns out they're pretty competitive regardless. Like, don't they have like a doesn't isn't Hodgins like competitive in later episodes too? Don't they have like a, a game contest going on at some point between the two of them about who's winning points from Brennan or something like that. Probably.
1: I don't really remember, but I know they did a lot of, um, but they also have a lot of fun together. Right. They do. What I remember is, you know, unsanctioned experiments. Right. In the lab that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, they they do compete with their hypotheses and that sort of thing of what's going to happen with their unsanctioned. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess it's just like a dude... Lab thing. I wonder, you know, for the scientists out in the audience uh, and the researchers, particularly pe- people who are in labs, um, I would like to know, is this something that you do? Do you do, like, competitive, non-sanctioned experiments in your lab? Like, is mm-hmm. that... And if you do, I mean... Tell us about it. Yeah. I want to I know if this if this sort of lab culture... I want to know if the lab culture... You know what we of should Of the get? Jeffersonian is in any way accurate.
1: We should get a contact so people can actually answer these questions when we ask. Because I am super curious.
0: <laughs> well, the thing that they can do is they can go to marriedmystery.substack.com oh, they and can they can comment to us on, on this podcast when it's posted on, oh, on the okay. Substack platform. So, All right. So that's how you do it if you wanna if you wanna go say and that answer again. a question. It's a married mystery. That's all one word. Dot Substack. Dot com. Nice. Um, so that's what's going on in the Jeffersonian. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a the interesting link here. The 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 horny link. <laughs> <laughs> is that is it's so unfortunate. <laughs> I know it really is. To say that. Is actually the the delivery company, right? Which is the same for it's a na- nationwide company, mm-hmm. and in Washington State, uh, Doctor Brennan yep. Bones meets Charlie meets Charlie, who works who works sending the packages off. Now Charlie is he's hunky and a little dumb. He's got kind of a Brad Pitt vibe. Yeah,
1: I mean, him. he sniffs the
0: packages. He t-
1: <laughs> but like in a way like I am so hot that I can <laughs> sniff this package in front of you and it's not going to matter. <laughs> it's not going to change your opinion of me cuz I'm that hot. I
0: I got I got to think that that's not sanctioned behavior <laughs> for this <laughs> delivery company, right? I mean, I don't know like I mean, is that is is it is it standard practice for well, I like think delivery not, I people don't think to so. sniff the packages?
1: I'm pretty sure it was after she sent
0: scat. So like, right? He did. She did say that there was there was I'm sorry, there was scat in it.
1: Someone tells me something's poo. I'm not going to
0: sniff it. Right, right. But the town that Booth and Brennan are in uh, is. It's like... It seems like there's one lady in it. Yeah. Like one lady. One eligible lady. She's the vet. Yep. And apparently she slept with like...
1: All of them. Everybody
0: in town. Yep. And she goes on a laundry list yeah. at some point about mm-hmm. who she's who she's had sex with, including Charlie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and she, including the sheriff. Did she have sex with um Rivers? And Sherman the doctor. Rivers? Oh. A she is. She must be. She must be. Because I don't think she did. I, she doesn't list him as, as the, the people. I don't know. I thought he was pretty hunky, so that seems stupid. So during this whole thing, Angela is back in the Jeffersonian, and I guess this takes us to a relationship corner. Yeah. Uh, Angela is back in the Jeffersonian trying to get Bones and Booth to hook up while they're on this this work trip.
1: Okay. Does she? I thought she was trying to get her to hook up with Charlie. Oh,
0: she is trying to get her to hook she up just with wants Charlie. She just Bones wants Bones to get to some. Get some. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't really care who. No. Uh, she suggests the, the the sheriff at one point over, over call. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're on a they're on a video yeah, call she gets on all the flirty. Uplink. Yeah. Right. And Angela's like flirting from across the country.
1: Oh,
0: God. And the sheriff is like, ooh, who's that? And Bones is like... She's in Washington. Yeah, your so. dick's not that long.
1: <laughs> it's not like a duck dick. For those that don't know, ducks' penises
0: get very long and coily. It's weird. Yeah, so the sh- the sheriff definitely does not have a weird long, long duck. Dick. <laughs> That'd be a different show. That would be X Files. <laughs>
1: Oh, so, uh, maybe our villain tries to create one
0: <laughs> in our book. Right. Maybe that's possible. Um, but the whole time that Booth and Bones are trying to solve this mystery
1: mm-hmm.
0: of of whose limb this is that right. wound up in the bear, and they're trying to track it down, and they're working with local authorities, like, like Bones, at one point, they go to a bar to mm-hmm. sort of let loose,
1: mm-hmm.
0: sort of blow off some steam. Right. And and Bones is literally passed around the dance floor. Yeah. From one man to the other. And she seems like fairly nonplussed about it. In fact... Well, she sort of expects that kind of behavior. From an anthropological point of view. There's a wonderful moment where... Uh, where after dancing with the doctor and uh, uh, delivery Chris... And um somebody else. I can't remember.
1: It was Dr. Rigby, Delivery Chris. Who was that third person? I
0: can't remember. But Oh she the ge- sheriff. Yeah, the sheriff. Sheriff Chris. Uh and she gets uh Sheriff Chris she gets um passed to Booth mm-hmm. on the dance floor, uh, who's jealous, very jealous, clearly that that his forensic as
1: if bones is a possession
0: right honestly as if his forensic anthropologist is being you know manhandled and he uh, is teasing her about it mm-hmm. and she says something like everybody's trying to pump me for pump me for information yeah and he's like i don't think that's what they want to pump <laughs> Gross. I, is that what he says he says something along those lines uh... And she's like, I don't know, I can't remember the full quote. But she's totally clueless about
1: it. Yeah. Well, and I don't think she's clueless.
0: You don't think so? Not exactly.
1: Because but they, I think they she just dismisses like... all of this as if, as an anthropological mm-hmm. imperative of the male species, mm-hmm. and she's just going to ignore it, like a female bird would, if. Your dance was unimpressive.
0: (laughs) So that's what's going on.
1: That's my take on it.
0: I don't know. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. She's a very, you know, but she kind of plays it like she doesn't. She doesn't care. It's just that she doesn't care. It's not that she Mm -hmm. doesn't notice that dudes are trying to get into her pants. Right. It's just that she doesn't care.
1: Right. And because they were asking questions, she can easily dismiss it them pumping right her for information
0: now do you think that this sort of this stuff going on with with booth and bones as she's getting hit on by the entire town it's very annoying to booth do you feel like this is adding to their sort of tension in the show
1: i think it's supposed to but yeah. i don't think we're there yet yeah, I, We're still back... At, we're still at that place where I just find it annoying. Yeah. He seems too
0: possessive. Yeah, possessive, but he's not... But he doesn't have the right. Yeah, but he's not... Also, he's not doing anything about it. It's not like he's trying to woo her. Right. Or trying to establish a relationship with her. There's just kind of a working yeah. friendship at this point. Right.
1: So I would... If it were me, I would be, I wouldn't go the road that they go down later because I would have been so turned off at the beginning. Right.
0: This cocksure attitude. Right. Right. Absolutely. And it sort of gets in the way of the whole investigation. It does. And let's, let's talk about that investigation. Let's. Um, So, We're sending body parts back and forth.
1: Well, first we have to talk about how we get the body part.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, so Sherman Rivers Mm -hmm. finds a dead bear Mm -hmm. and, um, the vet, did we get her name? Uh, no. Oh, well. The horny vet uh, (laughs) is doing a necropsy on the animal. Yes. Which she explains that it's a necropsy because it's on an animal. Right. Sheriff Rivers called it an autopsy. Right. And later bones will also say this. So they had said necropsy twice. Yeah. And so I thought, well, what makes what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. So I looked it up. And an autopsy comes from the root autos, which means self, mm. and opsis, meaning sight or seeing with one's own eyes. Oh, wow. So an autopsy is the examination of a body after death, by someone of a like species,
0: okay. another human,
1: a self. And um, the appropriate term for necropsy is derived from necro, meaning death, and "opsis," meaning seeing with your own eyes. So all autopsies are necropsies. But not all necropsies are
0: autopsies. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. So the distinction is just, you're calling it an autopsy because it's a human examining a human. Yep.
1: And you know how we are. Right. When it's us, we got to be all <laughs> ego
0: about it. We but, can't accept that we're animals too. But in reality, you could call every autopsy a necropsy. You sure could. Mm-hmm. You could. So, so... The so when you're getting all you know when you get in all persnickety about the language, mm-hmm. it makes sense that they would say, "Well, actually,
1: well, actually, this is
0: a necropsy because of the bear." Yeah. Okay.
1: All yeah, right. you can't. You couldn't call the bear an autopsy, right? Because it has to
0: be of the same self species. So I guess I mean in the realm of in the realm of uh of of you know, scientific accuracy, it makes sense yep. to get a little pedantic about it. But sure. still, you know, it's, it's still a, a weird thing to throw out there. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad all of us can do that now. Yeah. So. Now we all can say, well, actually. So next time you see somebody slicing up a, a dead, well, anything mm-hmm. that's not human. Right. And they call it an autopsy. You too have the basis of knowledge to mm-hmm. to get in there. You do. So um bears is black bears mm-hmm. are omnivores. Yeah. So they will eat anything they when will they eat are in hyperphagia. Hyperphagia, which is eating everything because you are getting, ready, you're getting for, ready for hibernation. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's why this bear this bear came upon the corpses in the woods. Right. And decided... Oh, the heck yeah, thought, calorie uh, dense. Get this going. Yep. Now, the the corpses in this episode are not particularly gross. No. Mm-mm. There's... They're pretty... I mean, I wouldn't
1: need them, but... <laughs> if I were a bear, but, you know.
0: <laughs> or a or human. Or a Dr. Rigby.
1: <laughs> True.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they're... You know, the... We've seen some pretty gross bodies. Um... This one still it doesn't it doesn't get to uh, the man in the SUV for me.
1: Oh, for grossness!
0: Yeah, yeah. The, I get that. the hand is like the hand is pretty gooey. Yeah, when the, they bring it out of the sure bear, I love
1: a goo, don't
0: yeah, they? They do love a
1: goo.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, I want to say that a lot. Love a goo. <laughs> but they they uh, yeah they don't go they don't go crazy with the grossness, right? I want to. I want to ask you about um, uh, continuing with the, with the investigation here. I want to ask you about the business with the um, Native American um, sheriff. But the sheriff isn't Native uh, not, American. Not sheriff. The, park ranger, the is. park ranger. How do you how do you feel they handled that? Do you think they were they were fairly respectful about it, or? Or what, what? What do you think? I
1: mean, when they were disrespectful, he called it out. He did. Yeah. 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 He made you know. So just because I'm a Native American, la la la.
0: Businesses. Right. So I think it was a good balance. And there was a lot of there was a lot of business about um, there was a lot of business about him being a. A tracker, and Mm -hmm. you know, that knows these woods, yeah, Mm -hmm. and you know, so sort of uh, attributing a spirituality and an earthiness to him,
1: right? And he sort of dismissed the spirituality aspect of it,
0: he did, Um,
1: but there is a a knowledge that he had, yep, that other people did
0: not, and you know, he's also. he was also helping one of the victims. Now, was the the male victim? Was he was he Native American also? I don't think so. Because he was visiting the park ranger, and the park ranger was no. Like, he was a white guy. He was a white guy. Yeah, but he was visiting the park ranger quite often.
1: Adam Langer. That's not Adam.
0: Him. Yeah, so he wasn't. He wasn't. Um, he he was being a. Uh, he was being a. Uh, um, A role model or a mentor mentor Mm -hmm. for Adam, Mm -hmm. but not because Adam was native.
1: No, because they shared the same interest in work.
0: Right. And his interest uh, in in work, uh, Sherman Rivers, Mm -hmm. uh, goes a little bit beyond just protecting the forest.
1: Well, he does stretch his work
0: to some... Illegal work. Illegal, <laughs> illegal work, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is because he is poaching. Poaching. He's poaching black bears mm-hmm. for their gallbladders. That's what I understand, yes. Now, gallbladders are bear gallbladders, mm-hmm. are an aphrodisiac.
1: Yeah, I think it's in like Chinese medicine where they use
0: a lot of I animal see. bits. So, you know, like rhino horn or anything mm-hmm, else. Right. So he's poaching black bears mm-hmm. on on uh national parkland. Right. And just shipping um, off
1: the gallbladder.
0: But he does save the meat.
1: Well, yeah, you should.
0: Which is which is what leads to some confusion right. when bones and booth Bust into his cabin with the sheriff, and right. they find a freezer full of meat. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, the thing that's funny about this, mm-hmm. that whole thing, is yeah. when they walk into his kitchen, he has a magnetic strip with knives on it. Right, and and Booth mm-hmm. is shocked. He's like, "Oh, he's got all these knives." Well, there's a saw hanging from it, honey. Well,
1: we don't have a saw on our magnetic strip.
0: Yeah, but it's a bone saw. At the same time, I mean, just because there's a magnetic strip full of knives hanging in the kitchen with a
1: saw (laughs) on it, there was a saw. I do feel like we should.
0: I do think we should have a saw. We could have used them
1: yesterday for those ribs. Yeah,
0: yeah, we made some ribs yesterday, and uh, I didn't trim them very well. But mm-hmm. we definitely could have used like a bone saw yeah. to, to cut them into better proportions. Yeah. So I say I say we should all have bone saws in our kitchen. I don't know. Like I know. feel
1: like it I feel like it was a legitimate flag.
0: <laughs> you think so?
1: Yeah, I think it was legit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the actor uh, who played Ranger Sherman Rivers was Steve Revis. Is the actor's name, but he is Steve Rivas. Is in fact uh, a member of the Blackfeet tribe.
1: Oh, I knew someone from the Blackfoot tribe.
0: So that's really cool. I'm glad. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that they. I'm glad that they took that casting. Yeah. So I wonder whether they
1: had to call him a flathead.
0: Flathead, yes.
1: They said he was from the Flathead tribe. I don't know.
0: Um the ultimate clue though is that um is that they find a native american symbol right in the woods mm-hmm. there's actually a couple of native american symbols that tie into the solving of this mystery one of them is on the body was that native Yes, yeah, yeah, it's a, it was? It, the, the tattoo is a is a sun motif of the of the Haida tribe. Oh, which is a Native American tribe in the in the Northwest um that occupy islands um on the uh coast of Washington State. And they're oh, a tribe oh. that was commonly known for their potlatch potlatch ceremonies. In what which they that? would trade goods and names, and they created this sort of monetary system of value where they would come together, they would trade tobacco, and you know,
1: create so like this, a farmer's this market
0: system almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but much more sort of ceremonial. So it's possible that this student actually was native from the Haida tribe, or he was just a white guy with a Haida mm-hmm. sun motif tattoo. I mean, he was blonde.
1: I don't think he was blonde. You don't. No. I thought the picture of him was blonde. <laughs> Maybe I'm misremembering. Well,
0: either way, he, he, he I had mean, a, there have he, been people had who had, had Native blood with blonde hair. Yeah, it's true. Uh, he had a he had a hide a tattoo, um, which identified him. And the way this is done was just. I don't. Nope. Uh, nope. Not the, buying it. The way Angela figures out the tattoo. So she
1: puts it in her angulator. Yeah. Which Zach seems to have a problem using the word angulator. What did he call it? Let me see. Like his 3D. The the holographic display. Holographic display. (laughs) Yeah, that's what he calls it. So. I'm with you, Zach. But I do love it at the same time. I'm a Gemini about it is what I am.
0: she, She puts like this teeniest smallest scrap yeah and then somehow off of that very tiny tiny scrap she
1: enters in the dimensions, so on and so forth but how do you know what I direction that know. dimension
0: goes I, it doesn't make it any doesn't. sense Mm-mm. and then she extrapolates this whole hide a sun motif yeah which is just like what yeah
1: it's crazy how does that even come out it it was a bit
0: it was a bit much
1: if they had a larger piece yeah or two smaller
0: pieces or something that you could put together but but i think they had to give angela some some work to do
1: something other than the clash of the horny times yeah
0: yeah exactly exactly which is what she says that's what she calls it, the Clash of the Horny Titans. I forgot
1: to mention that in
0: Romance <laughs> Corner.
1: Clash of the Horny Titans. It's hilarious.
0: <laughs> so I think they just needed her to have some role in mm-hmm. um, extrapolating this tattoo is apparently mm-hmm. uh, what, what does it. Mm-hmm. Um so after this business where they find the bear meat in the park ranger's um cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh and send it off to be tested just in case it's human because yes. he's run away because he's a poacher and he uh makes a very good point that the that native americans and FBI don't mix. Right. And then he's like ever heard of Leonard Peltier? And Pelletier. like Peltier? Mhm.
1: That's F- uh, so how it's
0: pronounced. And it's like yeah like good point mm-hmm good point um
1: free leonard has he is he still alive i
0: th- uh I'm not sure if he is or not
1: somebody let us know please
0: i i that the bullets didn't that match nonsense. the gun folks that nonsense is just yeah but we we'll, that's a whole we that's digress. A whole nother, yeah. that's a whole thing um so then while they're out there. Um, they they find through uh, some beetle uh, th- mm-hmm. that that these bodies are located in a stand of pine trees where there's Douglas beetle ac- where there's beetle activity right infestation. Um, the uh, ranger leads them there. They find the bodies. And... Well, first
1: they find what Booth calls some kind of satanic Stonehenge circle. Right. <laughs>
0: What? Yeah. Come on. Well, I think... (laughs) I think this kind of speaks to, like, you know, Booth and the FBI, and it's sort of, like... I'm sure there are people at the FBI who understand that Druids were not Satanists. Well, sure, but, you know, there's also, like, the whole satanic panic thing. So anytime, like... I feel like anytime cops find a ritualistic... Uh, you know, symbol in the woods, whether it's made out of wood or rocks mm-hmm. or carved into a tree.
1: Well, leave Stonehenge out a bit. I think
0: we know what that's from. Sure, but I feel like their first, their first inclination is going to be, oh, these are Satanists. You know, because it's still so ingrained in our in our cultural memory from like the eighties, the late eighties yeah. into the nineties. The the satanic. It's not panic, that they you know, called the it that satanic. It's
1: that he called it a satanic Stonehenge.
0: Stonehenge right. That's that's <laughs> the rub. <laughs> Druids were not Satanists. No. Although they have been certainly bundled up with them in recent memory. All right. They have been. Yeah, I
1: know they have been. People bundle things up all together. They
0: love, a, <laughs> they love to bundle. I mean, anytime, anytime, you know, something like that becomes a... Like, a druid is a class character in D&D, and mm-hmm. during the Satanic Panic, there was nothing more satanic than Dungeons and Dragons well, to the minds of Christian conservatives. So, you know, it it all kind of bundles up. Was it up the here.
1: druids, though, or the wizardry?
0: Uh, I think it was the wizardry and the art and yeah, druids and, you know, necromancers and all the oh other things. Oh my, oh, it has the
1: root necro.
0: It has the root necro. Um, so they, they find this, um, they find that they sit, quote unquote, satanic stonehenge mm-hmm. and they figure out Dr. Goodman Back, the Jeffersonian figures out that it's all backwards and upside down. Yep. So they're not trying to give life, but they're trying to draw life into themselves. That's right, and he discovers that there's two victims through cannibalism, and there's probably more victims. He right, says. but in, but in this, there's two for this ritual. Right. there needs to be two victims, and there's and there's probably more out there because there's a couple other spots on the wheel that haven't been. Because mm-hmm. like one is the heart, mm-hmm. and one is the arm. For and then strength. for strength. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple other body parts where he's saying like, mm-hmm. okay, whoever did this isn't done. They're not done. Right. So and then they, like
1: two and a half feet away, you see the victims.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just seemed pretty convenient if you
0: ask me. So we get the victims back uh to Dr. Rigby. Which and, is Anne Noyce. And we, Which I
1: found... Her last name and noise, noise,
0: noise. I know. I had a hard time yeah. listening to it. I just wanted to. When we yeah. get it back to the uh, doctor, uh, who's looking at the bodies, and he leaves some information. He leaves some information out, which mm-hmm. is what clues bones into the fact that he is the one, right, who has been eating these people. Mm-hmm. And they come upon him mm-hmm. as he's trying to destroy. The bodies. Hey you. Back to episode one. She doesn't say it, but we both monitored. But they start they start kicking his ass. Yep. Right there next to the incinerator. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is my favorite part of this episode. What? Where they're they're kicking his ass. Mm Mm-hmm. And he starts he's gonna go into it like a villain monologue Uh about how he's doing it and (laughs) why. And he's like gonna go like Oh, but you know, this and this is it it has so much to do with the power and gaining the strength and and they just like knock his ass out and take him away and and Bones is like, Who wants to listen to this bullshit? Right. <laughs> which which I love. They don't give him a chance to do the no. villain monologue. No. They just like they, I thought like, it was
1: Booth though that cut him off and he had a snarky thing. It's like I don't give a shit. Yeah.
0: But I can't remember what Shut it was. Shut up. You're a killer and a cannibal. Oh, he
1: says... It was Booth. He oh. says, look, you're nuts. We get it. And then he knocks <laughs> them out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Uh, um, we, don't, we don't really want to understand. Yeah. We just, um, you're you're crazy.
1: Cannibalism's crazy. And we don't want to understand it's, it. It's done. But Patrick
0: and does want to understand it. I do want to understand it. And that leads us to our... Science corner, science
1: corner for
0: today our science corner for today we are talking about uh cannibalism um across the world cannibalism has had a very long long history it goes way way back as There's a matter no of fact H way <laughs> it is what i say <laughs> So uh so it's been going on for seems like for as long as there's been as there's been as long as there's been,
1: been human flesh to eat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> humans have been eating each other for a very long time. In fact, there is a theory that um uh there was a quote unquote powerful episode of natural selection that might have led to the extinction of the Neanderthals and it's tied to cannibalism. And the thought is that humans, uh, Homo sapiens, uh, and Neanderthals were around at the same time. Okay, we know that. We know that Neanderthals died out while Homo sapiens were able to continue. Mm -hmm. And as they're sort of looking at the genetic information, scientists have discovered that there's a specific gene in Homo sapiens which protects from uh, from prion disease, okay. which is which is actually part of this episode. Bones uh-huh. is saying whoever's whoever's doing this have, probably has a prion disease, and what prions are—they're little—they're not viruses, they're mm-hmm. not bacteria, they're little proteins, okay—and they cause um, spongiform encephalitis, like in in mad cow disease, for instance, mm-hmm. is a is a prion disease, okay, um, and it essentially eats. It's holes in your brain. Yeah, it's a, it's a t- horrible terrible, disease. terrible, terrible disease. Um, but there is a gene in Homo sapiens which protects them to some extent. To some extent, that's what my question not, was. Not completely. Okay. To some extent mm-hmm. uh, from, from prion diseases. Mm hmm. That this gene in particular is not present in Neanderthals. And so there's a theory that Neanderthals and Homo sapiens were engaging in cannibalism at the same time. But because Neanderthals did not have this specific gene to Mm -hmm. protect them from the prion diseases, they all died out due to natural selection um, and eventually were wiped out. Because of their penchant for cannibalism and on huh. disease
1: well that's fascinating it's theory.
0: just a theory but it's it's there mm-hmm. uh, the disease by the way uh, is called popularly uh, kuru k u-r u which is the it uh, sounds
1: like a metal band
0: doesn't it Kuru? Is
1: there
0: a kuru? I'm sure there is. Yeah. I'm sure there is. I mean, if you're like a if you're like a black metal, death mm-hmm. metal, doom metal band, <gasps> you are going to name yourself after the d- disease mm-hmm. that you get from eating other humans, right? I mean, there's a band called Cannibal Corpse, so right. so why not kuru? Why not kuru? I mean, they they must be out there. Mm-hmm. I'll have to search for them on Spotify later and see if I can. I'm sure they're there. Um, but cannibalism from the very early prehistory, it, it continues. And there's some very notable, interesting, uh, uh cannibalistic occurrences mm-hmm. throughout, throughout, uh, human history. Um, there's a, there was a time in like the 16th century where mummy, Corp uh, mummies were Mm -hmm. ground into dust Mm -hmm. and they were sold as a curative in Europe so that there was very long so it was supposed to cure all different sorts of ailments so people were consuming oh god mummy corpses uh in order to cure Uh. and it actually and the, this was before the invention
1: of those gel cap things, so you uh, couldn't uh, even just swallow it down. You probably plug had to it mix it uh, 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 water nasty, or something. Yeah, guys. pretty gross. Ew.
0: Um, but that continued on for for quite a while. I Ugh. think it even continued up until the I'm 18th so century. Right now, it's oh g- my gosh. It, you're, it's probably going to get worse. Oh, I'm dear. afraid <laughs> for what's to come. <laughs> um. So it was a pharmaceutical, and in, in uh, oh. There's, there's a very strange connection between cannibalism and um, lycanthropy, which is... Tell me more. Werewolves. Oh, okay. So there was a spate uh, in the 16th century, a spate of werewolf incidences of people who were identifying as werewolves or who were accused of being werewolves, mm-hmm. and the accusations often became... Because the people who were accused of being werewolves, or mm-hmm. who identified as werewolves, right. had eaten other people. Okay. And so um, in 1521, two Frenchmen uh, were executed for murder and lycanthropy. They were actually convicted and executed. For lycanthropy after they confessed. So they convicted him for being werewolves?
1: Yes. But not for being cannibals?
0: No. <laughs> oh, that makes no sense. So they... Oh my gosh. They admitted to having killed and eaten six children. Oh, come on now. Leave the kids alone. While they were transformed into wolves. If and you were a wolf, if you were a werewolf, you were strong enough to go for a full, a full grown, grown man. Yeah. And not for for a child. That's ridiculous. Um and they said they became wolves oh, after I'm angry after them. making a pact with a witch coven.
1: Oh, and now you're bringing witches now into bringing, it. That's so such
0: bullshit. terrible terrible Sexism and child hatred. That's ridiculous. Um this happened again in 1603 uh when a young man um had killed and eaten fifty children. What's with the kids? <laughs> I don't know. Back off, men. He was also convicted of lycanthropy. That's and so sentenced bonkers. To, to me. Uh, sentenced to confinement um for life.
1: Confinement in what year? Uh
0: sixteen oh
1: three. Isn't that when they were burning people? He in? was
0: he was so young though. <laughs> They, they killed s-
1: like eleven-year-old girls in the witch trials. I don't understand why he. Oh my God! This was France. Okay, so I you don't, don't know think that Europe changed. was? Yeah,
0: I don't know. Convicting witch. I, don't I know,
1: know England was for sure.
0: So, um, oh,
1: that's Oof.
0: Let's let's get away I'm from angry. eating I'm eat, getting angry kids. Yeah, um, because get me fired up. Because what we also know about cannibalism is it often happens uh, in, in times of survival. Like there's a lot right. of instances where people have resorted to cannibalism in order to survive mm-hmm. uh, terrible circumstances. This happened in, uh, in Russia during the Russian famine of
1: 1921
0: to 1922. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get there. But before that, uh, the, uh, the wreck of the Ex- Ex- Essex... Which was sunk by a sperm well and which eventually. Um, you
1: gave the whale's age to the, your way.
0: What? <laughs> I did what?
1: You gave the H and whale to your way. I don't know. You said whale <laughs> funny. <laughs> Sorry, yes. guys. My brain went.
0: So that would. The Essex was sunk by the sperm well in 1820. Mm-hmm. It, it later inspired. Uh, Herman Millville to write Moby Dick. What uh-huh. is so funny? <laughs> but a- <laughs> but after that wreck, the-, the survivors of the Essex were um, resorted to cannibalism. Mm-hmm. And in fact, two of the survivors were found in their le- lifeboat uh-huh. sucking the marrow out of a human bone.
1: Well, if you're going to do it, suck right. the
0: marrow out. So during the, during the famine in 1921, 22 in Russia, um, we're going to go back to kids. Uh, it was, it was pretty, pretty, there were, there were circumstances of parents eating their children. Mm. That's how, that's how terrible it was. You should have
1: gone the other way, guys. Killed yourself so your kids could eat
0: you. That's how it's supposed to go. Here's one of the wildest ones for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to read this whole thing verbatim. Because it is crazy. So, the New York Times reporter um, around sometime before 1931, New York Times reporter William Bueller Seabrook allegedly in the interests of research obtained from a hospital intern at the Sorbonne a chunk of human meat from the body of a healthy human killed in an accident. Then he cooked and ate it. This is his report. Quote, It was like good, fully developed veal. Not young, but not yet beef. It was very definitely like that, and it was not like any other meat I had ever tasted. It was so nearly like good, fully developed veal that I think no person from a palate of uh, with a palate of ordinary normal sensitiveness could have distinguished it from veal it was mild good meat with no other sharply defined or highly characteristic tastes such as for instance goat high game and pork have the steak was slightly tougher than the prim- than prime veal a little stringy but not too tough or stringy to be agreeably edible uh, the roast from which I cut and ate a central slice was tender and in color texture smell as well as taste strengthened my certainty that of all the meats we habitually know veal is the one meat to which this meat is accurately comparable.
1: Ugh. I can't believe you just made me listen to that. <laughs> uh. So this guy was very much like Bones. Yes. In which, when she was asked if she would eat human flesh, Uh she said she would have to measure her own social inculcations versus scientific inquiry. Right. And y'all, I'd never heard the word inculcations before. (laughs) So I thought, well, what the hell is she trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. So I looked it up. And it means to teach and impress by frequent repetitions or admonitions. Okay. And, um, you know, when I first read it, I was a little puzzled when I read the definition. I was like, so that basically means to measure my own social education versus scientific inquiry. Yeah. So it, you know, boiled down to me to be education versus education. Sure, yeah. But... Um, Patrick pointed out there's a social education and there's a scientific education. Right. And but we could also say that it is through social ammunitions, which is mm-hmm. getting in trouble. Right. So maybe that's what she meant too. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Well, I think it's interesting they ask her several times mm-hmm. if she would ever eat anybody. Yeah. In fact, I think there's the question is asked of several people. Right. Whether <laughs> whether they would eat somebody. And some, and some of the scientists are like, well, I mean, it might be interesting to figure it out. Yeah. So that's what, um. So that's what that gross guy did. That's what this guy did. Um, what's, what's really, what's really wild though is that, um, he apparently had done this, uh, before. Now.
1: What do you mean before?
0: He, he had eaten human flesh before that. wasn't the first time.
1: Ew! He just wanted to do it again. Right, right, Nasty. right, right, right. Nasty. Right.
0: Um, so, <laughs> according to his autobiography, this is this is wild. According to his autobiography, the wealthy socialite Daisy Fellows, one day invited him to one of her garden parties, staying, uh, stating, "quote." I think you deserve to know what human flesh really tastes like. Because nobody believed in right? During the party, which was attended by about a dozen guests, some of them well-known, a piece of supposedly human flesh was grilled and eaten with much pomp. What the hell is wrong with people? <laughs> See, Seabrook... Uh comments that while he never found out if it was actually human meat, um he said it looked and tasted exactly like the human meat he'd had before it was veal <laughs> it's quite it's quite possible there's no way <laughs> you know I hate this guy rich folks well, that was Daisy fellows who well the yeah
1: well, i'm giving her the benefit of the doubt that she gave him veal. <laughs> And wanted to make him look like an
0: idiot. <laughs> um, because she probably hated him, too. We can go on to... Let's do a couple of more recent ones. Um, this was a case that I... We have to do more? Just, Are there more children? Just two, just two more. Okay, some recent ones. Um, some recent ones. 1991. I'd never heard of this. Um, there was a woman named... Omaima Ari Nelson, who murdered, dismembered, and cannibalized her husband, William E. Bill Nelson, in their Costa Mesa, California home.
1: She'd been fattening them up for years.
0: Pathology reports indicate Bill was still alive when Mm. she began butchering his body in uh, which court and media reports indicate was a ritualistic manner. She then boiled and cooked his head in the oven, ate its flesh, and stored the foil-wrapped skull in the freezer, skinned his torso, deep-fried his hands in oil, and cooked and dipped his ribs in barbecue sauce and tasted them. 1991. I'd never heard of that case before. Me neither. And it's crazy, it's a lady. You don't hear about ladies cannibalizing <sighs> people as ladies much. Ladies
1: get hungry, too, I mean, I
0: mean, there were, I, there were some ladies in the Donner Party yeah. who ate other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably during the Russian famine. I but,
1: mean, there were probably a lot more, but for but like the killers. sake of,
0: of, I don't know, social
1: propriety or whatever, right. they
0: probably didn't publish them. Yes. Now, there is one case of supposedly ethical cannibalism and it occurred in in 2001 um I'm not buying it <laughs> actually no it's not 2001 uh it's later than that there was a young man who had a motorcycle accident and his leg was jacked up really bad He was injured very badly. It didn't heal. It didn't work out right. They amputated it. Mm -hmm. And he had often told his friends, they had had discussions uh, with his friends, if you could ethically eat human flesh, would you do it?
1: Are they sitting around talking about this
0: often? (laughs) Apparently. They did it often enough. They did it often enough that... He petitioned the hospital for his leg to take his leg home with him after it was amputated. And then he invited his friends over for a party with them fully understanding what was going on. And they made tacos out of his leg. I'm speechless.
1: (laughs) I would not have gone to that party.
0: You wouldn't have gone to the Lake Taco (laughs) Party? I don't know if I would have either. For some reason, that's like... Well,
1: and also, you know what?
0: That's a lot of chemicals
1: in there when you're having surgery. (laughs) No. I bet they all got high from the anesthesia. It's possible. It's totally possible. (laughs) Yuck.
0: Yeah, but that's apparently the only you know uh, i think you of, dug too deep on that one ethical
1: <laughs> <cannibalism>.
0: <laughs> okay that's that's enough for science corner
1: well i might have a science thank corner thank god well i might have a science <laughs> okay, corner okay what's your and science corner is, don't look at the pictures of this you guys because
0: oh this, this is, is right. gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: so um circling back to clash of the horny titans um, the reason the hot delivery girl is there is because something happened to poor Jimmy, mm-hmm. the regular delivery guy. And as a way to kind of break the ice with Tony, Hodgins mentions Jimmy's third nostril and his whistle yeah. that he makes when he breathes. And I was like, what? Third nostril? Is like, there- what? Is there such a thing? Well, it turns out there is. It's called a supernumerary nostril or accessory nostril, and it's a rare congenital nasal deformity. Um, so, you, you know, usually you just have plastic surgery mm-hmm. to remove it. Mm-hmm. So why would Jimmy, not to remove it, but to kind of sew it right back down? And you would have that when you were a baby, so mm-hmm. the, your face would look pretty normal by yeah. the time you were an adult. So I was like, why would Jimmy have a third nostril still as an adult in the United States? Um, But it turns out that uh, sometimes the broken septum from heavy cocaine use Mm. is also called a third Third nostril. nostril. And it does create a whistle. Oh. So so maybe Jimmy... mm -hmm was a coke addict. Yeah, maybe that's why he was, Jimmy was gone, because he went to rehab.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, possible. Anyway, there you go. There's my science hey, corner. Hey, that's good insight. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, do you have a bone to pick with this one? Oh, probably.
1: I should get these picked up. Uh, oh, I do, yes. Yeah, hit it. Um it is the uh, the Photoshop of Mount Rainier. Oh yeah, <laughs> the opening shot. It is so bad. I mean, it's not even if th- there's the residence is completely different. Yeah, between. Mount Rainier and Mm -hmm. the shot of the the village town and they're trying to make it just seem like it's so far in the distance that it's
0: foggy. Really, really bad. No, it's bad. And that's my bone to pick. Um, for me, I, I think it was the, um, you know, just the, just the whole like horny town. Yeah. Why? Why does it have to be a horny town? And also, sort of the shocking bisexual stunt at the end. Oh, that was also kind of my bone to pick. Like, you know, because after the delivery person, they, you know, they have this like, who you gonna pick in right. front of the delivery person? Turns out the delivery person is by and picks Angela. Well, you don't even know if she's by or not. Well, she's been flirting really happy with. That them. could just be fun. She might not want to actually get with it. That's true. We don't know that that necessarily represents bisexuality. But, the sh- you know, using it as a shock factor for the end. Just this kind of like...
1: Oh, I disagree that it was a shock factor, though.
0: You don't think it was a shock factor?
1: No, it's it comes up later.
0: It comes up later in... A- Angela. Angela comes up later, yes. And now I totally get that.
1: So I think it's just building. But, a
0: building block. But using the delivery person's sexuality oh, as the as the surprise.
1: As the building. You know, work.
0: as the guys are like, oh, you know, who's going to be me? And it's like, oh, no, it turns out she wants Angela. And they're like, ooh, it's so hot. Like, well, Zach didn't understand why point? it was hot. Yeah, like it doesn't, I mean, you know, it's just Too much. It felt a little cheap. <laughs> like a cheap <laughs> shot what
1: there's so many things that are cheap shots in this (laughs) show though
0: well you know
1: not on his arm with some kind of man corn (laughs) yeah uh
0: yeah but maybe i'm just sensitive because i identify as a bisexual Mm -hmm. man so you know maybe i'm just sensitive stop using this as a plot point y'all Don't mention human sexuality at all or its spectrum. All right, I hear you. Okay, um, we do have a we do have a, a closing quote.
1: The end quote. Yeah. Did we agree on it? I think so. Just the last part of it. Yep. Yep. Should we do it together? Go
0: ahead. Oh, it's just don't eat people. <laughs> just don't eat people. I think that's the lesson that we can take from this uh, quote a quote from bones that was booth just don't eat people no that was bones telling booth
1: he no booth said i should become a vegetarian oh and she said or just, just don't said, eat okay people. my yeah. mistake yeah
0: yeah so that's our that's our lesson for today um thank you for joining us on on this episode Of uh, Diggin' Bones. Diggin' Bones. And uh, we'll see you next time. Please, if you have an opportunity, um, you know, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Mm-hmm. Please you know give us a rating a star rating that'll help um leave a uh, leave a review that'll help us out too and if you thank do you that. so
1: um, much to our subscribers yeah,
0: thank you to our subscribers some very
1: generous subscribers thank you so much
0: and we are very, very grateful for you um and thank you for for supporting this endeavor um both the book and the podcast uh we love you very much and even if you don't subscribe. Yeah. We, we still love you. Um, of course we do. And, and, you know, consider. Consider it.
1: Yeah, because it's cool, and we're going to come up with some ideas <laughs> on how to thank
0: you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, paid subscribers already to um, uh, to our married. married mystery, mm-hmm. uh, how, to write a, how to write a mystery with your spouse, mm-hmm. uh, paid subscribers already get the opportunity to have a character uh named after named them, after them in our book so that's right that's just that's just one of the things that that you could get awesome. um so uh that's it for this episode thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week Alrighty. bye-bye guys
1: Bye. bye 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 bye